Good morning, it is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. It is Saturday morning, don't normally do this, but I got to talk to next month's featured MC Shop T-Shop. MC Shop T-Shop. Anyways, Lee Weedrick from North Dakota. He's got a shop called Vitsy Boys. He's kind of been on the radar for a minute since I seen him do People's Champ a few years ago. And my friend Cody Kimmett came out of there. Robbie came out of North Dakota. And I didn't even know there was a fucking motorcycle shop in North Dakota. So, that is one of the states we've got covered with MC Shop Tees. Go to MC Shop Tees now and sign up before the end of the month so that you can get this shirt. It's fucking bad. He uh, he turned me on to an artist who drew like his fucking chopper fucking getting pulled by dogs so he's like riding a hog getting pulled by dogs it's sick in the snow with bob wire and shit it's it's fucking badass go to mcshoptees.com and sign up now and um fuck let's get into it Extermination Day with Thou Shalt Not Hassle. Thank you, Zach, over at Heavy Clothing. Check out Heavy Clothing at heavy.bigcartel.com. All right, so, dude, the dates have gotten out of control, so I'm, like, knocking them off. We're not, I'm not, I'm not doing it all. I'm going to do it all after the show. Um, So, fucking sweet, right? Except for I want to tell you about the dates coming right up, which is the Sons of Speed at New Smyrna, Daytona, Fucking bike week, dude. Starts off, gets kicked off by Sons of Speed Racing at New Smyrna. I just tore down the flathead and took the tins to Al out in Throckmorton where he is going to throw some fucking paint on him. He's got like a week. I'm going to go to the beach for a week, come back, put that bike together, and hit the fucking road, Jack. Uh, Monday, which is March 7th, I will be emceeing the Choppers Magazine Chopper and FXR show. Presented by Harley Davidson. Uh, Nick Enzo from FXR Bazaar will be there as well. Helping fucking make this happen, dude. So they got $3,000 they're going to be giving away. $1,500 to the best chopper. $1,500 to the best FXR. That's fucking badass. I need to hit up Brobeck and make sure he's got like fucking big checks dude we need i want to give out some the big checks you know like checks the size is me dude they've also got some shit so i think they got a frame and a front end from paco they've got some suspension from bugatti don't miss out if you're going to be in daytona make sure you come see us at this show this show will be at daytona international speedway at the harley davidson footprint uh, Wednesday, you've got the Wild Vegas party at the Cotton Patch. Then there is the Chopper Time show at Willie's Tropical Tattoo. And then you've got Boogie East at Annie Oakley Saloon on Friday. Presented by Lowbrow Customs. That's right. Check out lowbrowcustoms.com. They support me and they can support you as well. I just got a box of Pan Am oils in and uh, a couple of little fucking colony parts to tie this race bike together 
pretty stoked that that motherfucker's coming together. And I got a, I got a lot of stuff for this bike at Lowbrow. The tires are Bates Baja 19s. Um, I got these fucking bitchin' tanks, WR tanks from Cannonball uh, from Lowbrow Customs. And I also got a VL, like, I-beam Springer front end from Lowbrow, which is fucking so tough, dude. So tough. One of my favorite parts about that race bike. Uh, it's going to be pretty sweet. Al's going to paint the tins, and then we're going to fucking put the bike back together. We're going to go show the guys in New Orleans, and hopefully I'm going to get them signed up for MC Shop Tees. I had somebody do some art, and it fucking turned out sick. Hopefully they're stoked. And, uh, dude, if you need your motor done, look up B&B Racing in Metairie, Louisiana. Those motherfuckers are bad. So, told you about mcshoptees.com. Check out dangerdancetalkshop.com. There is a menu where you can go to Patreon support. Click on that. It'll take you to my Patreon, you know, where you, like, pay to see titties and shit. You can also help me stay on the road by donating five bucks a month. Pretty fucking rad. Every month we give away a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs. That's right, dude. All that stuff I just talked about, you can get $100 to spend there. So, thank you, Lowbrow. Thank you to all the Patreon supporters. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. But uh, let's see what else we got here. Man, that's it. We are going to go ahead and get into this podcast. And I will tell you more about everything else going on this year at the end of the show. Is it Louie or is it Lee? My name is Lee Liedrich, so it's a combination of my first and my last name on Instagram. So okay. Lee, Lee. <laughs> but yeah, my name is Lee. Got it. I got you. I got you. On my phone is Lee Louie. Oh man, it's so uh, it's funny how the internet works. A lot of people think my name is like Louie or you know, a bunch of different things. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Gotcha. So where exactly are you at right now? I'm in Bismarck, North Dakota. Bismarck, North Dakota. That's fucking up there. How? What? What is it? What's the temperature up there right now? Oh, I don't know, like negative eleven or something. <laughs> no fucking way, dude. For real? <laughs> it just depends on the day. Yeah, I don't know. Yesterday it was like, I don't know. He asked like negative one, negative two, or something like that. And I think it's colder today. God bless, dude. So like. Fuck, what's your riding season? Like three weeks? Does it warm <laughs> yeah, up? about that. Yeah, we get like, I don't know. I think I was riding last March or so, and then you can normally ride until like November or so. Oh, that's not terrible. terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess it gives you time to work on bikes and stuff because I can't keep anything together more than one season. <laughs> well, I mean, you're about, you're about as high up as, uh, of as a hawk hawk and gaden over there in uh kalispell yeah and yeah they're like a straight shot over from me they really are i mean i'm looking at now i mean they're like exactly due west of you have you been over mm-hmm. there to their spot yeah uh, a couple times now it's pretty cool taking up some parts and stuff and then always makes for a nice little trip go to glacier park and whatnot dude no shit i mean there that's the one thing about the north 
uh, when it when the snow does disappear, there is a ton of good riding right there on the border. Yeah. Oh no, I love it up here for riding. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's it's a short season, but when we do have it, it's rad. I mean, five minutes and I'm out of town here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I don't I don't think I've actually ever been into North Dakota. Man, so many people that I talk to, like this is the last state that everyone hasn't visited, but I think it's rad up here. I don't know. Well, I mean, fuck, you know, South Dakota's rad. North Dakota's. Yep. What's funny is looking at the map, the whole state is green. So that's yep. a good sign when you're looking at a map for riding. Yeah, no, I dig it. I mean, we got the river here, so there's like a lot of cool little river roads. And then the dam is up north of us about an hour or so, kind of the area I grew up in. So I always jam up there and I don't know, a bunch of cool little bars along the way. And, stuff. and that's what, Fort Berthold Reserve? Res- reserve? Um, that'd probably be on the north side of it, but like the Garrison Dam is, is the like Lake Sakakalia. Gotcha. So you grew up outside of Bismarck? Yeah, I grew up like an hour north of here, small little town. It's called Stanton, if you're looking at the map. I am looking at the map. Is it off 83? It would be like um, northwest of Bismarck a little bit. Northwest. Uh, what what kind of microphone setup are you using over there? What's your telephone like? Are you on speakerphone? Oh uh, no, this is like an iPhone seven with probably a clapped out speaker. Yeah, perfect. It's great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I'm underwater, probably. It, it it sounds like you're under. I mean, it's yeah, you're up there. It's fucking cold. I don't even know how the signal's getting out of there. So <laughs> yeah, gonna, no, it's freezing on the way out. I don't know. Uh, we're gonna take what we got, dude. Well, how long have you been in Bismarck? Oh, Bismarck. Let's see. I moved down here after I graduated. Uh, moved to the big city in 2011, I think. Gotcha. Did you go to school down there, or what took you? Just wanted to get to the big city. Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up in, in Stanton. There were seriously like four kids in my class, so any chance I got to get out of there, I was down here. That's how I met a lot of my buddies from down here. It was like skateboarding and stuff. So I'd sneak out any chance I got. When I got my license, I was here probably every weekend. But. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what happened to me. As soon as I got my license, I kept driving to Fort Worth or Dallas to skate shit. Yep. There was nothing to skate in my hometown. Yeah, so yeah, I guess I had a bunch of buddies here after high school. I wasn't really friends with anybody in my class. So like, yeah, first chance I got to get out of there, I did. And then uh, I in a big city, and then I just kind of liked it here. Yeah. Well, uh... So you grew up skateboarding. Of course, dude. What a familiar story. Right? So many people, <laughs> dude. I love it. I fucking love it. It's just the next thing, I guess. Uh, you still skate at all? Not nearly as much as I did, but I'm trying to make a comeback. Trying to make a comeback? Yeah. Dude, you're, I think the microphone, we talked about your phone. Now it's getting worse. Well, I haven't moved, so I don't know. Maybe the cell reception is just freezing up here. <laughs> dude, I took my kids to the fucking skate park last week, and uh, oh, dude, my fucking my kids, my kids love it, dude. If we went skating as much as they wanted to, uh, that's I would be very good, you know. Well, that's good. I think if I had kids, then I would probably get down there more. Like I see everybody skating with their kids, and I'm like, damn, that would be pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. sick, dude. One of my kids, he doesn't wear shoes at all. And everybody at the skate park's always like, you know, they've kind of freaked out by that. <laughs> uh, I don't make them wear helmets. You know, it's like I listen to Jordan Peterson. And he says, don't fuck with your kids while they're skateboarding. So I don't, dude. Like, I literally, 
I don't say anything to them except for when they do something rad. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's rad. But I don't ever say, hey, you know, I just like let them develop on their own, you know? That's cool. And uh, it is fucking rad. Uh, yeah, and then I just I just realized how out of shape I am every time. I'm like, fuck, dude, my legs. Dude, you, fucking, you you skate a bowl for like 15 seconds. It's like, dude, I used to just, the only time I would get out of a bowl is if I crashed. Now it's like, you know, five turns, and I'm like, all right, do I have enough speed to get out of this motherfucker? Right? You got to get an evac out of there. They got to bring the helicopter over. <laughs> it's not quite <laughs> that bad, loose. dude, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ride dirt bikes growing up yeah i did i got a my dad helped me get a dirt bike when i was probably eight years old oh sick you got started early yeah it was rad uh you know he kind of made me save up for it and like told me like oh you know if you're short i'll help you with the rest but um yeah i got an 80 cr honda we got it down in um uh where's the corn palace at in south dakota the Corn Palace? I don't know. Yeah. You ever heard of Corn Palace? Oh, man. It's uh, it's like their, uh, their tourist destination. But it's all made of corn. But we got it's in Mitchell, South Dakota. That's where it is. And what is it again? It's uh, it's called the Corn Palace. It's like a, an old gym that they converted. They like cover the outside in corn. Oh, wow. It's pretty goofy. But we visited it on uh, one trip that we took down there, a motorcycle trip. And we went to a rodeo in there. Sick. I mean, I've definitely heard of the Corn Palace. Where did you say it was? It's in Mitchell, South Dakota. Okay. So did your dad ride? Yeah, he grew up on dirt bikes and like enduros and stuff like his whole childhood. Nice. I bet. So you got a bunch of good riding up there? You still riding the dirt? I mean, this is when I was like, I mean, I was by myself in like the middle of nowhere country. So I just go tear around by myself most of the day and I'd ride it back and forth to stand. There's a two-stroke bike that I'd ride back and forth in the ditch to the town. That was, you know, I was seven miles north of Stanton, so I'd ride in the ditch to go see my buddies and go skate and stuff. Oh, that's sick, dude. On a CR80, that's a bad fucking bike, dude. <laughs> it terrified me. I mean, just the noise it made was horrendous. Yeah, dude, those things got all the fucking power, especially when you're like 100 pounds, dude. Yeah, I couldn't touch the ground at first, and I mean, I there's a photo of me standing next to it with a full face helmet and some cut off fingerless gloves. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's like uh, way too it was way too big for me at first, but I don't know. Yeah, your dad was like, it. your dad was like, we're not going to buy another dirt bike in another year. We're just going to go ahead and you know, it's like buying yeah. shoes that are too big. I'm familiar exactly. with this practice. Yeah, I uh, my kids are they're both. I guess both of them are outgrowing their bikes at the moment. Um, but, you know, luckily they got the younger one. He gets on the older kid's bike, and then we just we only have to buy one dirt bike at a time now. Perfect. Uh, but, dude, the mini bikes are going up so fucking fast. I mean, everything's going up in price, dude. It's fucking Overnight. insane, dude. Trust me, man. I'm, I mean, I'm on Marketplace and Craigslist every day, and it's like overnight. Everything is crazy. Well, what's blowing my mind is how much – it costs to buy like a used big twin compared to what you can buy brand new one at a dealership for. Like those prices are not that far apart now. Yeah. Like a 10 year old motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know. I mean, just a little bit of time I've been into this stuff. Like ratchet top transmissions overnight. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They have, I don't even, I'm just glad I got all that old shit. I don't know. I just had to, 
Well, I haven't even fucking fully ponied up, but I just got a that forty five flathead and the three speed, and uh, that fucking all the forty five shits fucking high as giraffe pussy, dude. <laughs> yeah, nothing safe anymore. Yeah, pretty wild. So, uh, so when did you start working on bikes? How did that come about? Um, so growing up in Stanton, my dad was a big like Chevy guy. So every weekend we were like at the junkyard, like digging stuff out of fields. I mean, like I said, we had a compound, we had seven acres and it was like, it looked, I mean, he had a huge collection of like old vehicles and stuff. And so I grew up around it. I mean, it was definitely like just a part of my life, I guess, working on old cars and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, once I moved to town, like, you know, my dad had a good place to work on a good shop up there, but he was like a little over an hour away. So only go there and work on the weekends and stuff. And then. You know, I still wanted to work on something and have something to do, but living in apartments and stuff like that, you know, vehicles take up so much more space. So I ended up, uh, I got a CB350. Oh, yeah. That's a common story, too, dude. Either a Sportster or a CB350. Yep, exactly. So I had that. Um, I think I got that my sophomore year. Wrote it a little bit. And then I... Like sophomore in, in high school? Yeah, I had that for a while, and it, it sat up in Stanton, you know, when I moved down here and stuff, and then uh, once I got kind of settled a little bit more, um, I lived with my buddy over in Mandan, Castle River here, and uh, I brought that down to kind of mess with it during the winter and stuff, and that's kind of when I, I really started getting into bikes, I guess. Yeah, fuck you, since your winter's so long. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We had really good indoor skate parks and stuff when I was growing up, but now there's nothing. It's like... Luckily, we had that growing up, but I kind of just slowly made the transition. So you tell me they went from having indoor skate parks to not having indoor skate parks? Yeah, yeah, it kind of just fell off up there. Yeah, I think the pay-to-skate model is gone. Now that you (laughs) mentioned all the indoor skate parks around here are fucking closed. But we've got a lot of outdoor skate parks, and you can skate year-round. Yeah, see, that's, I mean, I wish we had an indoor park. I'd probably still, you know, skate more and just get some exercise and go hang out yeah it will definitely exercise you right god damn yeah that's wild i would think that they would have some indoor skate parks up there yeah no i don't know i guess within the last probably five years now it's there's nothing in bismarck the closest one would probably be fargo but that's you know a good three hours from us so no shit. Sounds like you need to open up a skate park motorcycle shop, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Add another iron to the fire, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, what's your setup like now, dude? Are you? Do you have a shop at your place? Do you have a – I mean, how? what's the setup like? Yeah, so I guess before this place, I lived in the trailer park for a while, and uh, I had a shop with the boys. We had a little – small little shop on the east side of town, and then uh, – I bought this house. Uh, it'll be it'll be two years this summer, and uh, when I moved in here, like just to you know save some cash and rather than throw money every direction, I just uh, my wife let me work out of the single side garage. So I'm set up in that right now. Nice, nice. Now, now, how did uh, how did Cody fit into this mix? Did he grow up 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 there with you, or am I just relating him to you out of thin air? No, no, you're spot on. I mean, I grew up in Stanton, middle of nowhere. If you look on your map, Cody grew up in Beulah, so it's like, I don't know, probably 35 minutes from Stanton. Yeah. And Cody's a little bit younger than me, so I had my license, and, like, you know, he was the only one I really kicked it with up there. Like, everybody else is into, like, hunting and football and stuff, and we didn't give a fuck about that. So 
I'd go uh, I'd go pick Cody up on the weekends or after school every day, and then we'd go to the skate park and hang out. Nice. I think I like Cody. He was probably like a, I don't know, probably 12 or 13 when I first met him. And then, uh, yeah, we grew up skateboarding together, like snowboarding, doing all that stuff. And then when we got into bikes, he ended up buying my, my Honda 350 from me so I could buy a Sportster. Nice. And then, uh, yeah. Him and I kind of just like, I don't know, we just kind of got into it heavy together. Like on the weekends, we'd go up to my dad's place in Stanton, like chop things up, use the welder, do all that. And then during the week, we'd work on his dad's garage down here in Bismarck and kind of just, uh, I don't know, jumped in head first together. Dude, so snowboarding, is there, you guys got some good mountains up there? No, not at all. <laughs> no. I was going to say, I'd never heard of North Dakota being the spot to snowboard, but surely there's something. Yeah, we got like a little hill south of town here. It probably takes two minutes to get down it, 10 minutes to get up it, you know, one of those. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, never, I was never really big on snowboarding. All my buddies like grew up doing it, and then I started like when I graduated, so I was like, you know, I can't make it down the hill and everybody backflipping over me and stuff. And <laughs> well, you know, and for snowboarding, you know, like being cre- like it's conducive to snowboarding at places like that, you know, where you're getting creative, you're building little kickers, you got little mm-hmm. jibs and rails and trees to fuck around on. Uh, yeah, I can see how it would still be fun up there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of my buddies doing stuff. And like I said, I just I think I got into it too late. Skateboarding was always my thing, so. They'd go snowboard in the morning, and then I'd meet them over at the skate park afterwards. Nice, nice. Yeah, I fucking I don't I don't snowboard no more. Yeah, no, it's been a long time for me too. Once again, that shit's so expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. I mean, I still have the same snowboard I had, you know, in high school. So, oh, dude, the last time <laughs> I went, I broke my board in half. Uh, but it was like a fucking rental, you know, like I paid 25 bucks for it at the rental shop after it already been thrashed on. Uh, just a cheap dude. Yeah, so fucking Cody was in Beulah, you're in Stanton. And now, did you have the shop space with him and Bismarck when he first got down there? Yeah, so when we were kind of out of his dad's garage, like his dad was always kind of hanging around and, you know, you know, he's just step out in the garage and give us shit. Like, come out there and smoke cigarettes. And, like, he'd be standing there smoking a cigarette, shaking his head. Like, that'll never run again. Like, kind of just busting our balls and stuff. Yeah. And uh, one of our other buddies was another buddy, like, Cody Skate or Snowboarded with. Um, he had a shop on the east side of town. And uh, he worked for the railroad, so he was never really around. So he rented it to me and Cody. And then uh, Cody and I were jammed in this little spot. And then um, he was renting it with a buddy. And then his other buddy got out, so then it was me, Mitch, and Cody in there. And that was the original shop. Gotcha. Mitch. Yeah. Who's Mitch? Uh, my buddy Mitch Sackman. He's been into this, I mean, pretty much from, I don't know, the beginning as well. Yeah. He's built some cool bikes over the years and had some cool shit. That's rad. So is there a, I mean, what's the fucking biker community like up there? Uh, I mean, we actually have a really big bike scene a lot of people ride um as far as choppers and stuff go i mean if someone has a chopper in town and i don't know who it is you know that's very surprising there's like probably six of us that are actually into like old school bikes yeah (laughs) but surely there's like it seems like up north there's like even if the riding season isn't that big there's always still a ton of bikers yeah no i mean like i said our our bike scene is huge here i mean we got 
there's always bikes on the road. I mean, someone told me they saw a crotch rocket out on like probably a week and a half ago. So we got some psychopaths up here. Yeah, no shit, dude. Somebody actually fucking wrecked a crotch rocket running from the cops here in my town uh, last week, dude. Going going 120, like hit a fucking parked vehicle. Uh, (laughs) He is not with us anymore. (laughs) Where she goes. Did you ever get into crotch rockets? No, not at all. No, you just fucking never even... No, no, I just, I, I couldn't do it, man. I think, I don't know. I, I had that Honda. I kind of chopped it out, did it like brat style, whatever, put the fat Firestone tires on there and the, the, made a seat pan and stuff for it. And then I saw choppers and I was like, okay, I need to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're the fucking, they're the only thing, dude. Choppers and dirt bikes. For me, I don't know. That's where, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't. I don't know. Like the stock bike doesn't do anything for me. Like I gotta, I gotta chop it up right away or change something. Yeah, I mean, I really just like them all, but yeah, you know, fuck yeah. So when did you get your first big twin? Um, my first big twin. So I had that sporty. I bought and I chopped that, put it in a hardtail frame, and then I had that for probably two or three years. And then uh, 2015, I found my 49. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about the sporty first. I forgot about it. Okay. So when you put it in a hardtail frame, how did you do that? What what did you just buy a tail section from somebody, or what did you do? No, I ended up buying a. Oh, let's see, would be a. uh, Laser Paco frame. I think the ones I got on eBay for pretty cheap. Yeah. Like a full rigid frame. I figured. I mean, they're pretty relaxed with numbers and stuff. Like I just use the Harley title I got with it and stuff. So. Um, I did that. I took it up to my dad's place on the weekends and basically blew it apart and jammed it in there, rattle canned it all. Did you do any trips on that Sportster? Yeah, I took that thing everywhere. Um, I went to uh, Minnesota numerous times. We went up to Canada. Um, just last week, on that thing with Cody. Uh, that was the one I took to California that year that me and Robbie got hit. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I forget that you're. I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking at it, but yeah, fucking Canada is right there. Yeah, like Saskatchewan's pretty much straight north of us, and then Winnipeg boys are just a little bit east. Dude, how's the riding up there? I mean, the roads are shit, but the riding's nice. Really, the roads aren't that good. <laughs> oh, they're garbage, man. Really? I don't uh, know why. I just, I just assumed that Canada had like fucking beautiful roads. Dude, you cross the border and you know, like, your back just hurts immediately. Damn. I mean, that makes <laughs> sense. It's, it's hard to keep roads nice in cold weather. Yeah, but, I mean, it's you can. there's a distinct line when you cross the North Dakota side to Canada. It's like, I mean, we have pretty much the same weather. You know, it does get colder a little further north, but I don't know. They just don't keep them up there. Damn, it sounds like you're drowning now. Not just underwater, but drowning. <laughs> well, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's an iPhone 7. I spend all my money on chopper parts. I don't know. Oh, that's sick. I don't even know what number I'm on now. <laughs> I think I went, I think I'm on the one where they just quit calling them numbers now. It's letters. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. So, you rode the sporty all the way to California? Yeah, kind of. We had to return a trailer um, for Cody's mom. So, we had his big ass trailer Cody had up here. 
And uh, we threw the bikes in there and we took it to uh, Ruidoso, New Mexico, where his mom was. So we cheated like a good chunk of the journey. Oh, yeah. But, um, unloaded and like rode like Spearfish Canyon. I don't know, hit some stuff up along the way. And then we stayed at his mom's place for a couple days. And then, uh, yeah, we rode like back roads um, the rest of the way. Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much like from Rio Dosa, you can take 380 all the way to uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what, what highway we were on or whatever, but I know we went through like High Town and we came in the backside of uh, like Phoenix. Yeah. We took some like mountain roads and stuff. It was rad. It was really cool. Fuck yeah, you probably took 38 down to Phoenix. That one where it's like you're up there with all the fucking cactuses and it's just like this downhill, beautiful road that. Like big swooping turns. Yes. Yep. That it's sounds about right. Fucking sick. Yeah. That's like, I mean, 380 is the best way to go to California, I think. Cause it's like, it's like a two lane, it's like a back road all the way there. It's not an interstate. Yeah. It's sick. Yep. That sounds, that sounds like the road. It was rad. Yeah. That's sick. That's real sick. Yeah. I think it's Sholo or some shits up there. There's some great riding in fucking Arizona, dude. And was now Robbie, where did Robbie grow up up there too? Yeah. So the town I was talking about, that's like three hours east of us. It's called Fargo. Yeah. Um, so once I lived in Bismarck, every weekend I'd sneak to Fargo and go skate, hang out with those dudes. Like we were filming and stuff at that time. And then uh, I met Robbie. Robbie was, I think he was 11 or 12 years old when I met him. <laughs> He doesn't seem much older than that now. Well, dude, no, but he's lived more than most people live in their whole life. I, I mean, that means he's gnarly. Um, so, yeah, me, me and Cody started, like, going to skate with him and stuff. And then we started taking, like, skate trips to, like, Denver, Minneapolis, whatever. And I just hit him up. Be like, yo, Robbie, you want to go? And he's like, yeah, yeah, come get me. I'm like, you know, because I was probably five or six years older than him. I was like, you know, this is cool, right? Like, your mom's cool with us, with you coming with us. And, yeah, yeah, it's fine. One time we got all the way to Denver. He's like, yo, I got to call my mom tell her I'm in Denver. <laughs> no way. Like, dude, I'm going to get trouble for kidnapping or something. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that sounds exactly like Robbie. Yeah, Robbie. That's where Robbie's I met dad, Robbie was in Denver. Okay. Uh, at the last Love Thy Chopper. Cool. Yeah, that dude's been everywhere now. That's awesome. So you were skating with Robbie when he was 11 years old, dude. Yeah, Robbie was real young. I mean, but but he always acted like one of the older dudes. I mean, he always just hopped right in and was down for anything. That's awesome. But, yeah, skateboarding is what eventually originally brought us all together. I guess. That's fucking cool. You you know the guys that I skateboarded with, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They were younger than me. One of them still rides. Well, one of them rides mountain bikes mainly now. Uh, seems like they, if they ride now, they ride dirt bikes. Yeah, there's a fair share of those dudes up here too. Nobody, I don't think anybody I grew up with rides on the road. Period. <laughs> if they ride dirt bikes. Oh no, one of them. He's got a. One of the dudes is like a one of those Grom kids. You know, he's got like a fucking ten thousand dollar Grom. Yep, yep. Those like little mini Honda things. Dude, I'm like, dude, we could build you like fucking three badass choppers for ten thousand dollars, bro. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, that's cool that you guys all fucking, you know, have kind of stayed on path. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we all moved, or well, they all moved. I guess I'm still here, but you know, still get together with them as much as I can. And yeah, did you stuff. did you run them off out of town, or what happened there? Yeah, no, I just overwhelming. I guess I'm overbearing. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, it's too much here. You guys are gonna have to take this shit elsewhere. Spread yeah. out. Spread <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, give, give me a reason to leave. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what Robbie? Robbie's in Birmingham. Cody's out. West. Cody's in LA now, yep. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Well, that's fucking cool. North Dakota's got some shit going on, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's definitely mellowed out over the years, but for a while there, we're still anything. Yeah. Well, you know, people get old. All my rowdy yeah. friends have settled down, too. That's exactly it, man. I'm just like, I think we're on the cusp of that right now. It's, it's weird overnight. Everything's kind of just slowing down a little bit well so what about swap meets up there you guys got any good big swap meets no nothing nothing you got to travel for those yeah every time i don't know i've tried to like throw them at our local bike shop and stuff and it's like i don't know no one ever actually shows up and if they do there's no good parts maybe sell a couple t-shirts like um, it's just not even worth it really i mean unless i just you know need to keep trying and have the right the right one happen but yeah, well, surely there's some old bikes up there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are, there are, but, like, you got to look for them. I mean, I don't know. This stuff doesn't pop up often here. You want me to tell you a secret? Yeah. That this fucking old dude told me one time. He's not even that old dude. He's just fucking smart. He's a hustler. <clears throat> he goes to, like, really small towns like Stanton, right? Mm-hmm. Which probably wouldn't work in Stanton because you would know the person. But someplace like that, and you go to the local diner. And you just start asking people like, "Hey, man, uh, who's that old guy that you know that you know has Harley Davidsons? You know, yeah, you know that old guy in town." He was like, "And just act like you know of this person, you know, whether you can't remember his name or maybe even throw some names out there." And finally, somebody would be like, "Oh, you're you're probably talking about so and so down the road. Yeah, he's still there, or he moved up on the hill, or." You know, and that's dude. I, oh, I got so many stories like that. You, I mean, for real, let's hear oh, one. Man, so many. Um, all right, so my dad worked at the, the power plant up in Stanton, so he knows all these like old trades guys, like all the boilermakers, pipe fitters, that kind of You stuff. say your dad did, yeah, my dad did this. Okay. I mean, he's worked up there for years, he just retired recently, but you know, so he's met thousands of dudes over the years, and all those like union dudes were always into like the cool shit they always had choppers they had hot rods they had all that good stuff and uh so when i got into choppers he was always telling me about his cousin that owned the gas station up in stanton was kind of a rowdy dude like no i guy and uh kind of one of the dudes to bring like i don't know like he was the first guy in like that area that my dad remembered with a chopper and like he had a business customizing 70s vans for a while like that kind of stuff yeah 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 and, so I'm getting into choppers, and I keep hearing stories about this panhead that Moose had. So my dad lived with him for a while when he was younger, and he said they'd be partying. He'd go in the garage and like just sit on this bike because it was always just kind of tucked away in the corner. And, you know, he's telling me stories about this thing, like king queen seat, like coffin tank, and I'm like, okay. So you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, I gotta find this bike. Like I gotta, I gotta make it happen. And so uh, you know, I told him one day, I was like, we should, we should put the word out, like try to find it. Maybe you could ask some people about it. So he kind of called around and we, uh, we got one of this lead up at pick city. So it's like probably 15 miles from where I grew up. Okay. So we go in there, like knock on the dude's door and he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, I had Moose's bike for like probably 10, 15 years. And 
he's like, he bought it from them after, uh, after he sold it. And, uh, so I, I get to bullshit with this guy and he like shows me all his cool stuff. Like ended up buying some odds and ends from him. Um, it's like, so what happened to the pan? He's like, oh, well, I sold that to, to Pete Baker over in Cole Harbor years ago. Oh shit. Well, Cole Harbor is like the next town over. So like another 15 miles away. Yeah. So, uh, we're like, well, let's, let's just go like, try to find, I think that was the next weekend we tried to find him. So my dad's like calling around, like calls the bar there. Cause that's what you do. You call the bar in a small town. Fuck yeah, you do. And he's like, uh, yeah, we're just curious. Like, is Pete Baker still living in the area? And the lady kind of just laughs on the phone. And she goes, well, you realize he lives right next to the bar, right? No way. <laughs> Fucking like, good bar pick. Right. So it turns out Pete owned this bar too. So that's probably why it was quite so close to his house. But okay. he owned it like, you know, years ago and it sold out, whatever. So we go knock on this dude's door and like, I don't know, a little gray haired dude with like Willie Nelson braids answers and you know, kind of told him the situation. Just two random dudes showing up on his doorstep asking about Harley parts. And he was pretty cool about it. He's like, Yeah, yeah, I had that bike for like years, you know, I put miles on it and it's like, you know, about uh, ten years ago, he's like, I put it all back to stock and I sold it. Ah. He's like, Yeah, it's up in Beulah now. So I was like, Well, Beulah's, you know, not that far either. I was like, There's another lead. But uh, after he gets done saying that, he goes, yeah, but I still got all the chopper parts off of it. Damn! Dude, I about hit the floor. I was, like, blown away. And so he takes us out in the garage. He's like, it's really weird you guys come this week. He's like, I was just cleaning out my garage. He's like, I was about ready to throw this stuff away. Get the fuck out of here. And, I'm, I mean, I'm, the whole time I'm, like, shaking and, like, adrenaline. I can't even, like, keep it in. <laughs> just trying to be cool and, like, not let him see my hand shaking. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he let me dig through everything, and like, sure as shit, he had uh, it was an old uh, like bayonet sissy bar that was on versus band head, uh, and there was a trailer fender there, like a cool cheetah king queen seat. Um, that was rad. So I'm making this pile of stuff, and he's like, Well, if you like those little frames, maybe you'd like this. And he goes over in this dark corner of his garage, and I see him like pull up the front section of this frame, and it's a wishbone frame that like someone started chopping and then just abandoned and i'm like i'm about ready to pass out like this is i'm just blown away at this point <laughs> so i get all that stuff from him and he couldn't find this, the tank for some reason he's like i know it's around here somewhere he's like i'll, I'll give you a call if i find it well like two days later he calls me he's like yeah i found that tank if you still want it and i'm like i'll, I'll be there right now like just hopped in my car drove up there I get this tank and I sit and I talk to them for hours. He's just a really cool dude, like Vietnam era dude as well. Like told me a bunch of crazy stories and I just kind of hit it off with him. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, he gave me this tank and I got it and it was all black. And like my dad was telling me like, you know, early on it had like some weeping on it with a sigh. And I'm like, Oh, you know, that would have been cool. I'm like, when I get it, it was like, oh, like a crusty black. I get back down to our shop that day and I just, uh, I started like, I used lacquer thinner and just kind of whipped it back real slow. I spent the rest of the night just working the paint back, and it ended up being like this Harley number one with some wild like airbrushing and stuff on it. So nice. It wasn't actually a Reaper. I don't know where that came from, but you know, maybe it's underneath that one, dude. <laughs> no, I'm not taking this one off. This is gonna have to stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you so, find the rest of it? Did you go to Beulah? So I, that dude was in prison last time I heard, but I kind of, I got his name, I guess at least, but I don't know. I gotta, I gotta get back after it. I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, dude. So did you end up using the fucking, the tank or the sissy bar? What, what did you end up using? 
Yeah, so when I got my 49, it was like kind of like a 90s chopper, like shovel head heads on it. Um, it had a pretty cool like a, like a stock uh, pan head front end on it. I think it, it had a disc brake, all that. So I basically blew it apart. I sold everything off of it that I didn't want. And then I used all this stuff. So the first versions of my 49, I have this coffin tank on it, that uh, cheetah sissy bar. And then uh, I didn't use the King Queen seat because it was the real big one. And I did kind of a low short bike, so it just didn't look quite right on there. But yeah, but yeah the first version of my pan was like a, a tribute to all the old parts. But. Yeah, it's funny. My, when I got my pan head, it was, it was a 90s chopper. It was really everything was aftermarket except for the fucking the motor and the title, you know, yeah. Every, everything else was, it was built in the nineties, you know, it was fucking yeah. PM brakes and. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I got lucky. Mine, you know, matching bellies, 49, the shovel head heads, they needed some work. And then I had a polished four speed in there and then uh, the frame was cool. It had a lot of cool molding done. Like, um, I don't know. It was pretty neat. Just this, like around the same time I got that Cody ended up getting one down in Arizona when he was visiting his mom. He brought it back, and his was a 49 as well, and we had them, like, right next to each other, and the frames looked damn near identical. Like, I think it was, like, an Easy Rider, like, tutorial, like, told you how to, to chop your frame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might, it might have been, dude. It'd be cool I think to find it might have article. been. Yeah, but I don't know. It was sick, so we both had those 49s at the same time. It was back when we had, you know, the old shop days. It was pretty rad. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Devil's Lake is up there. You ever found any parts around there? I bought, no, let's see, that was Turtle Lake. I bought a shorty van up there. Um, Devil's Lake, I don't think I have gotten anything from there. Stuff probably close to there. But. Dude, that's right. You got a sweet van yourself. Man, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of like a nerd out on things, and I just get in a little too deep, or <laughs> the right amount of deep. But, yeah, if, if I get into something, I have like eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got projects. I got lots of projects myself. Me too. Yeah, it's my van. Thing. My van is one of them. What state is? You, and you're getting you. You got your van four wheel drive. You got the yeah. Quigley setup on there. What kind of setup? Yeah, so it's Pathfinder. Pathfinder, um, basically like Quigley, but they did like the GMCs and stuff. But yeah, that was another random like I don't know weird how that all came to be about. I guess. What year is your van? Uh, it's an 84. Oh, damn. That's my birth year. Dude, I, this thing's so rad. I mean, I've had a few of them over the years, but, like, when I got this one, that was, that was the one. That was the one, huh? But, yeah, yeah, this one, it, oh, God. I was going to say, uh, yeah, no, you go ahead. Where where did you get this one? <laughs> this one came from Billings, Montana. Okay. So, like, the year that Cody did the People's Champ build when he did that wild pink bike. Yeah. Uh, me and the boys all went out there to, like, you know, support him and hang out and whatever. And then uh, on the way back, like, you know, I'm just like a Craigslist fiend. Like, I'm just scrolling till my phone's dead and my fingers hurt. And I was with Brandon and Bits, I think. And uh, I'm like, guys, hey, I found this van and, and Billings. Like, do you mind stopping? I know we've been driving for, like, two days, but can we add a little time on <laughs> and they were cool with it and like um me and bits took it around the block and i lowballed the dude a bit and seriously he, he sold it to me and so me and bits drove it home from billings just bought this thing like you know randomly and then just rolled the dice and drove it home nice what'd you get for it 
I paid eighteen hundred bucks originally. Nice. I mean, some quirks I've had to work out over the years, obviously, with an old vehicle, but I mean, for the most part, it's been real solid. I mean, anything you can spend $1,800 on and cross a state line with, <laughs> yeah. you're doing well, pretty dude, good. Well, dude, I've taken that van everywhere. I, I jammed both my bikes in the back the year that I did the People's Champ, and I drove it from here to California. Damn. <laughs> and back. And That's then awesome. My lady and I took it up to uh, Glacier Park, and then up to Banff, Canada, and then back to the Canadian side. That's definitely right. seen the road <laughs> yeah I, I spent nine hundred dollars on my van and put a battery in it yeah there you go and i've been to it's been all the way to sturgis and back perfect Man, yeah that quick. was actually the year i think i mean that was the first time i really got to hang out with cody and robbie was you know at sturgis when they were on their fucking dream trip the dream team dream trip yeah yep were you were you there for the 75th no, I didn't go to Sturgis the 75th, because I think that was the 76th. Okay, because I would have been there the 75th. I don't think I went the 76th, but I wasn't sure if, if I ran into you down there or not. But. No, I, uh, that was the year fucking Jesus won that shovel head from S&S. Uh, yeah, no, I wasn't there the 75th. Okay. Were, do you go to Sturgis every year? Uh, I... Every year I say I'm not going to go, and then I get roped into it. <laughs> Did you go 2020? Uh, I don't. Oh, yeah, let's see. I went last year, but I just uh, I threw my bike on my little man hauler, and I just jammed down for a couple days at Sasha's spot and just kind of hung out and sold some T-shirts and stuff. But yeah, how was Sasha's show, dude? I did that was I didn't get to go to that one. It was rad. Um, if there's going to be something that makes me go back to Sturgis, it will be to support Sasha just because I, he's actually making it like more my speed, like choppers and like not everything. So overpriced. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I mean, his spot, I mean, and he's right on fucking main street. Dude, cool. Fucking dude. A lot of rad yep. people stay there and camp in his yard. Exactly. He's killing it with that. He's like, he's taking over Sturgis one building at a time. Yeah, I actually I want to feature I want to I want to feature him for MC Shop Tees like I'm doing with you. Yeah, you definitely should do that. Because uh, what a rad dude, rad spot. Um, you know, and like I, something happened. What did I need to do? It, something happened with my Pan America, and they were like, "No, we don't fuck with that." But you can fuck. You know, like you're more than welcome to do whatever you need to right here. Uh, yeah. Just it was just a rad situation there. Yeah, no, it's it's cool what he's doing. I mean, he's he's slowly bringing it back, and I don't know if I can go down there and help and help him do the show and do that kind of stuff. I'm all about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, really, that there somehow some place like him just disappeared. Like there wasn't a place to find that kind of stuff. Now you always got like the the strip mechanics that are down there that are cool old. Like there's some people. Like there's a there's a different side of Sturgis that I would suggest you looking into where it's the dudes that just show up and work, you know, mechanics from all over the country uh, that just roll in and they work all night, every night on people's yeah. bikes, you know, just doing every, like doing everything that the leather cladded bikers that haven't ridden their bike all year need when they get to Sturgis, you know, and making right. shit work with what they got and, uh, you know, it's there's some fucking there's some heavy hitters down there. You know that yeah, that literally think, yeah. that's all they do is work on bikes. 
probably like hung out with a couple of them that popped over to Sasha's shop like when they got done for the night. And oh, I bet met so. some cool people this year. That's where it was like it, it definitely made me like reconsider. I mean, I don't know. I was just so tired of the like, oh yeah, I used to have an iron head like that. It's like, okay, well, you know, this isn't an iron head, but whatever. Yeah. Well, and you know, and that's one thing I have found, and I guess I've just gotten lucky to like you know, run into the right people. But at Sturgis, I mean, Daytona, all the big rallies, there is the fucking, you know, the underbelly dudes that really give a shit about it. And they yeah. ain't doing nothing but fucking working when they're there. Or they're rolling in and saying hi to those kinds of people and rolling out, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, there's rad shit going on at all those big rallies. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really stoked Sasha's doing this and, like, you know, bringing it back. So you should definitely have him on here and get more people come down there and support it. Yeah, I wish I would have fucking stuck around. I can't remember what was pulling on me. Uh, I think I'd just been out for a while. Yeah, year. sometimes it just gets, it gets to be a grind. Well, you know, yeah, Sturgis is tough for a long period of time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 2020 was a good one. I can't believe he didn't go down there for that. You know, it was like the biggest party in the world. You know, I think that was. I probably had just moved into my house, and I was so burnt out from moving and yeah, uh, moving shops and all that. I'm guessing that's probably why I didn't go that year. Well, there's some things in the works for this year, Sturgis, and you will you definitely need to come down and be a part of them. So yeah, yeah, Sasha just he passed through here like last week Monday, and I picked him up. We had some beers and. uh I think the plan is for me to fill my van up with some goodies and jam down, and I'm probably going to stay like a week or so this year. Nice. I mean, yeah, you should – I mean, his location is fucking great. It's – yeah, that's awesome that you guys have hit it off and connected. Yeah, yeah, I ended up buying parts from him like probably three or four years ago when he was over like by Brookings, South Dakota. Okay. He just hit me up, and I drove through a blizzard, went and bought some parts off of him, and then that's how I got hooked up with that dude. Nice. <laughs> But yeah, he's sick. So he was over in Brookings. I think that's what it was. I'm not very familiar with South Dakota towns, but I think he was just north of Brookings, kind of middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, there ain't much up there. No, yeah, he was he was out in the boonies for sure. Well, what other big fucking rallies have you been to or shows? Oh, I mean, I've done Born Free a couple times now, and uh, I always try to do Full Tilt, Zach show over in minnesota oh you're pretty close to the twin cities huh yeah yeah those dudes are rad i mean i've been good buddies with those guys for a long time too so i always try to make out and support that one um we used to do mama tried too i did that one quite a few times it's a fun show yeah you going back uh fuck it's in a couple of weeks now no i got to this this year has been a blur already i've been i've been to milwaukee once i'm going again this weekend so i think i'm probably gonna have to miss this one really you're what are you going for this weekend well, I got to go get my van now. Oh, the van in, is in Milwaukee. Yep. Well, it's in Indiana, but I got to make a pit stop in Milwaukee and then continue on to Ellettsville, Indiana. Damn, so you're going down to Indiana. I'm going to Indiana. That's awesome. My good buddy, uh, Clay, is in Indianapolis. Uh, you know Clay? What's his last name? Giveaway Clay, dude. Clay's parts. He sells... Mainly sells Chevy parts. Like he's got okay. a bunch of sweet, like, I mean, what did I get from last? Like a coil or something, and it came. It was like a NOS 
product from the fucking 50s. The packaging was just as cool as the fucking truck I was putting it on. Yeah, I don't know if I've dealt with him before. Maybe I bought parts from him or something on the internet. Yeah, he's also got fucking, uh, you know, he's got sweet Harley parts. He sent me a set of wheels for my new race bike, uh, just some high-shouldered aluminums. Oh, cool. Yeah, Clay's cool. And then there's fucking Dan down there. You know fucking Dan He-Man? Mm, I don't think so. He-Man, Fab, he's been building frames lately. Oh, cool. No, I don't, I don't think I've seen him either. Oh, dude, he is a fucking hot one. <laughs> yeah. I fucking, uh, I haven't spent much time in Indiana, but their fucking roads suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was my first time was when I dropped the van off, so. Yeah, I think you have to have four by four just to get around those roads. Right, yeah. If I wanted to make it home, he had to convert it. <laughs> did you was the van in riding shape when you took it to him? Did you drive it down there or did you have to haul yeah. it? Yeah, I drove that one and then so I ended up finding two other like Pathfinder converted vans up here in North Dakota. And that's kind of what started all this. Like I had two they were the full size, like the long Chevy vans. Yeah. And I wanted a shorty van. And these ones were like I got them both running and driving, and then I just kind of had them stashed up at my dad's place. And I mean, at this point, I had like six or seven vehicles up at his place, and uh, it was kind of overwhelming. And uh, I had them all running and driving. Everything was running and driving. And then uh, I hit up Jason from Pathfinder Vans, and I was like, hey, I've got so many projects and so much stuff going on. I was like, is there any chance, like, you know of a shorty van? And I was like, I would trade you both of these for like one decent van. And he's like, well, you know, Pathfinder shorty vans are pretty hard to come by. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of realized that was kind of why I was, you know, hitting you up. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what. He's like, if you could find a shorty van, I would cut one of these out, convert yours, and exchange for the other van. And I was like, well, I have a shorty van, too. And then uh, (laughs) You're like, like, I already (laughs) have one of those, actually. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, (laughs) just kind of obnoxious how much shit I have sometimes. But I was like, yeah, I got one of those. And. And he's like, yeah, well, if you could bring it down here, he's like, I can do it. And then, so that's basically what happened. That's fucking awesome. So, I would yeah. love to turn my van into four-wheel drive. And my buddy's actually got, so mine's an 86 Dodge. Mm-hmm. And my buddy's got like an 84, maybe it's an 85 Dodge pickup that's four-wheel drive. Okay. And I'm like, you know, I could... I could make all that fit somehow. Yeah. Well, and that's what we were originally going to part, you know, like convert mine. And then it's like, well, I got my El Camino over here. I've got a 56 Chevy. I've got like eight bikes on the lift. I was just like, man, if, you know, I'm not into these for much. Like I was like, if I could do some trading and get a little road trip out of this, it's like, maybe I'm just going to, this will be my one. Like I'll farm it out. Yeah. Well, dude, you got to farm some shit out, dude. Some yeah. Shit starts I, stacking never, up like that. Yeah. It gets overwhelming. Yeah. yeah so I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I've never really paid somebody to like work on anything for me. So I'm kind of like, I'm nervous, but excited. And uh, it'll probably be great. Yeah. Hopefully, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Hopefully, your standards are low and you'll be really stoked. Yeah. And they are. You know, I don't really <laughs> shoot for the stars and for the bushes kind of thing. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm redoing my van right now. Just the drivetrain, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I got somebody else putting the motor together. Nice. And I'm just trying to fit all the pieces. My van, there was an option to get the van that I have in a standard, like a manual transmission. 
So I've been buying all those parts, trying to fit them up. And, you know, like missing little linkages part, like, you know, just small <laughs> things or like the, the, uh, the crankshaft in my motor is not set up for a manual. So I got, you know, there's just like little things. Sure. Yeah. All the stuff that's damn near impossible to find these days. Yeah. I, well, that's yeah. exactly right. Like I got the big stuff and I'm like, Oh, I'm there. And then I'm like, Oh wait, but there's all this little shit. Yeah. That's when it gets tough. The little, little odds and ends. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. And, but it's coming together. It's happening. Cool. Uh, it's not going to be four wheel drive, but it's going to be fucking sick. Yeah. I don't know what, this was kind of like a sporadic thing. Like I used to take that thing everywhere. That was like my main like business vehicle. Well now I'm probably going to get like four miles to the gallon. But So how does that path, you know, like all those old, older four wheel drives, they just don't do good long-term highway stuff. You know, yeah, this one I'll have an overdrive transmission in there, and like my tires should be tall enough. So I don't know. I think my top end will be decent, but yeah, we'll see. The guy that I got it from, I actually found the brown van that we parted out to build the blue van. Um, I found it picking motorcycle parts north of Belfield, North Dakota, nice. and uh, I saw it sitting there. I think it was like in a snowbank when I first saw it, and you know, I hit him up about it and he used to bring bikes from Wyoming to North Dakota in it. He's like, shit, I would jam 80 miles an hour all day long back and forth to Wyoming. So Damn. if I can do that and pull a trailer, I'll be stoked. Right. That'd be sick. I just hope that I can go like fucking 80 miles an hour at like 2,500 RPM with the overdrive right. with fucking bikes in the back. But I got like three different rear end gear sets to try. I figure instead of like doing math, I'll just do manual labor by swapping them out and figuring it out. Just put the tallest ones in right away. Then you get the best of both worlds. Dude, that's, that's what my buddy Nako did. And he said, you know, he was, it was obnoxious. It was like he couldn't even <laughs> shift into overdrive until he was going like 120. Oh, shit. You can't do that across the country. I mean, you could. You're just going to end up talking to people a lot more along the way. Yep, absolutely. But, I mean, do the cops even pull people over for speeding in North Dakota? Because I know in Montana they don't really do that. Yeah, I mean, knock on wood, I've had really good luck here. I mean, we ride like assholes most of the time, you know, on our bikes and, and cars and stuff. We have a pretty good old car and you know, bike scene here. So the cops are pretty lenient as long as you're not really blowing it. Yeah. That's crazy. You have just like one, I guess you got two interstates running through there. Yeah. Yeah. One main one goes right through Bismarck man down here, but it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty dead up here. It's dude. It's funny. There's not an interstate that runs North and South through, it like stops at Kansas, you know, it goes through Texas and Oklahoma and then hits 35 hits Kansas. And like, now nah, we don't really need to go further. Right. Yeah. I'm you should go, right you should go east or west from here. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. That's fucking awesome. Well, you got any uh, plans for this year? You're going to be getting out. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to try, but I'm, my, my main goal right now is to build this shop. Yeah. I'm kind of like, all my energy and everything is going into this now. So. so you got a shop space. You're not in the garage anymore. Well, I'm trying. Yeah. So when we bought this place, that was kind of one of the things that sold me on it. Like there's a pretty big backyard here in town and that's, you know, pretty hard to come by. So we kind of, I don't know how the stars aligned with this place, but um, yeah, so I have a, a pretty decent sized backyard and then uh, I just, uh, I pulled the permit last year and I got the concrete poured and stuff. So I got the space 
ready for it now. It just needs to be built. That's sick, dude. So, so what kind of work do you specialize in up there? Is it building like building bikes for people? Are you doing like service work? I mean, what what what's the daily life of Vitsy Boys? Um, honestly, dude, it depends on the day. Um, I do a little bit of everything. Mainly selling like old parts is how this all started, and then I kind of started making a couple parts like when you know the parts hustle is slow. So we're doing like those cast risers and stuff, and then um, the boys keep me pretty busy, like working on their stuff too. I just put a roller together last week for my buddy in Fargo. Um, like doing the weld, the fab work, um, you know, mountain sissy bars, making sissy bars, mountain fenders, tanks, spacing wheels, like all that stuff is like what I like to do, making yeah. seat pans. Um, I don't know. As far as like, I don't really do engine work or anything like that. I will do it, but I don't like advertise for it. Yeah. And then when we farm all that, I'll have a buddy do all that, and then I'll put them together and stuff, get them running and whatnot. But nice. You got a good. You got a good machine shop close by, or yeah, there's a good machine shop uh, right across the river in, in Mandan. He does like if I just need a top end or something, I'll take him my stuff and then I'll button it back up or. If I need a full rebuild, I take it over to Mike's Doka there in Avon, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. He's been really good to deal with, yeah. Avon, Minnesota. Yeah, he's another good dude you should have on here. I don't even know where Avon is. He's kind of in the middle of nowhere as well. Nice. I mean, that's good. It's good for yeah. shops. Yeah. Well, it's, it always tells me a shop is good at what they do when there's not much around. Yeah, you know, it's like you're bringing in no, work from places. It's sick. You know, you're getting close to mics when you start seeing all the burnout marks on the road. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know if I'm going the right way. And then, oh, no. Yep, there we go. Just follow the burnout mark. Oh, like, that's fucking cool. That's cool. So you're building a shop. So this shop space is going to be in your backyard. Yeah. That's fucking. Are you gonna build it all yourself? Are you having to contract it out? What's the deal? Um, I had the concrete poured. I had to move some trees and stuff, and then like I don't know. I've had to do a lot of shit to get to this point, but um, I had the concrete work done, and now my old man retired last summer, so he's built a lot of shops and stuff oh, over the so years. Oh, you're so. putting him to work. You're like, you just yeah, thought yeah. you were retiring, old man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You work for me now. <laughs> but uh yeah no i think we're gonna try to knock out as much of it as we can and then you know maybe have some buddies over and help me set the trusses and like all the you know the stuff that requires a couple people yeah that's awesome that's fucking awesome keeping it in the family yeah so i don't know that's my goal right now i just that's kind of all i've been thinking about that's kind of my bike build that's on my brain right now is that shop so <laughs> that's awesome well that'll be fulfilling you know it's good to get out there and do something a little different than what you've been doing yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is my main gig, so I've, like, bought and sold a lot of stuff to get to this point, I guess, and build bikes and sold bikes. So I'm just, I'm ready for it to, you know, finally be done, like, working on a garden sheds and, like, single-style garages and tight little shop spaces. Like, I'm, I'm so ready to just have my own area. That'll be sick. That'll be worth sticking around town for the year then. I think so, yeah. And that's, I don't know, once I get this built, I probably won't, like, really advertise to the public but if people are like passing through and they want to stop in and see what i got going and maybe i'll you know hit me up on on the internet and oh that's and that's out. a requirement of mc shop tees if somebody yeah. shows up with yep. an mc shop t-shirt on you know you gotta keep them on the road yep oh yeah absolutely i mean that's my shop doors will be open yeah i figured as much that's cool well i might be coming through there 
uh, later this year. Okay. Um, I don't know for sure how the August and September is going to shake down, but it's looking like it's just getting fucking... I, you know what's crazy is how busy I am compared to how many times I've said no this year. It's like, right. I've said no a lot, and I still have a lot going on. Dude, I know, I, I hear you 100%. Like, how did this fucking, just like this week, dude, you know, I was like, you know, I wanted to do a podcast with you before the month was over, and dude, I kept thinking I was like kind of ahead of the ball, mm-hmm. and it's like every time I turn around, I'm like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not anywhere where I thought I was supposed to be at this point. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm supposed to drop some tins off for paint last week, and mm-hmm. I just ordered another fender instead. You know, I haven't, and the painters, you know, it's not like the painter's deadline's getting pushed, you know, like he's just getting less time to fucking do it. Right. Luckily it's my buddy Al. So you got a good painter up there? Yeah. Brandon, um, you know, one of the boys that we rented this or I rented a shop with over the years, one of my good buddies, he, um, he just started his own paint thing up here now too. So that's sick. So he's got a booth space and everything, huh? Yeah, so I work for like a, a guy that has a fab shop here in town, um, and Brandon rents from the guy right next door. So it works out perfect. Like, get stuff done, drop it off with him, and yeah, he does good work. He painted my blue bike and some other bikes over the years. That's sick. Now, what about the fucking seat guy? Isn't he up there by you in Canada? Jeff? Yeah, maybe yeah, so. Jeff, yeah, BNC. Jeff BNC, yeah. So still probably like seven or eight hours for me, but. Where'd you say he is? He's in Winnipeg. Oh, he's in Winnipeg. Okay, yeah, that's fucking, yeah. that's right there. Yeah. But yeah, that's another rad dude you should have on here. Yeah, dude, my buddy uh, Randall's uh, building a chopper right now. And uh, actually, it's down at Matt Jackson's shop. Matt just put built a seat pan for it. And Matt said that was the guy. And I'm like, yeah. well, I've seen that he does some sweet work. So fuck, yeah, yeah. send him the shit. He's done, uh, well, I guess a couple for me, and then for the buddies, like, over the years, he's done a lot of them. But, yeah, that's who I'll send my stuff to. That's awesome. Yeah, one of these days, i got to have to get me a new seat with, like, Fringe on it. I fucking, he's the guy for that. I fucking love Fringe, and I've seen him do a couple of them that are fucking bad. So Hell yeah. Yeah, I keep, I, now, if Fringe is an option, I say yes. There you go. Always. Always like I've been, always been looking at the race bike, trying to figure out how I'm going to add fringe to it. <laughs> oh, you got to do like flames coming off, flame fringe. <laughs> I mean that that I don't know how that'd work. You have to show me that one. I don't know. So what about this? Speaking of racing, uh, you built that that the the recent shopper you just did that was like drag race inspired with the fucking the tube gas tank on it. <laughs> Where did that yeah, thing, where did that idea come from? Uh, you ever go down like the '60s drag racing rabbit hole on YouTube? No, but I mean, I've <laughs> seen a couple of these bikes, you know. Uh, that's I don't know. That's my favorite. I mean, when it's super cold here, I just hide inside and watch that stuff. But really? I really like. I don't know. '60s drag racing. Like, all my stuff is kind of like loosely inspired by that. But I've just had that thing in my head for so long, and I was like, I just got to make it happen. That's awesome. Is that your bike, or did you build it for a customer? Yeah, it was my bike. I built it. Well, it's a, the 54. It's the one I, I rode it. I mean, I've had that frame since my first panhead. And you know, that was the one I, I rode all last summer. And then, you know, I just couldn't buy another engine and tranny to do it. So I was like, well, I'll just use this base and then I'll leave it so I can put my other tins back on if I need to go far. Nice. And, yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, you just had to get that one out of your system, huh? Yeah, I just got it out of my system, and then, I don't know, I just had, had to build it, I guess, and see what happened. Have you done any drag racing? No. Nothing real. So do they got and drag racing like, tracks up there? We used to have one in Hazen, North Dakota. Well, it was actually the airport, but they would rent it out and drag race and let people drag race on it. And That's sick. Yeah, it was cool. Me and my dad would always go there in the summertime, like, you know, when I was growing up, and that was awesome. It was it was a cool thing. It, but then, like, insurance and stuff got too crazy, and they had to shut it down. I mean, I've never heard of people racing at an airport. I mean, it makes sense, but... Yeah, yeah I mean, this is, like, a tiny airport, too. Like, you know, single-engine planes, like, no one really is coming and going through yeah. Hazen, North Dakota. <laughs> you mean nobody's going to North Dakota? Are they still uh, doing a bunch of drilling up there? I remember that... I used to hear that fucking strippers could go up there and make just a ton of fucking money in North Dakota. Is that still yeah, the case? I mean, no, it's definitely mellowed out. Yeah. Um, around the time I was graduating and stuff, that was, you know, a lot of people I went to school with and knew they were all just bailing and going to Gillistan or making crazy money. But yeah. That's another type of lifestyle, too, that you've got to be ready for. Dude, I was ready for it. I tried to get into it years ago. I ended yeah. up going up to Wyoming and working a winter up there drilling. Yeah. It was like, fuck it. Everybody at the local bars was missing fingers. You couldn't go yeah. any place and have, like, everybody's fingers, toes, arms, and hands there. You know, like. Yeah, exactly. There is, I mean, you knew you were in a fucking drilling town because, you know, you see that old man grab his beer. He's only got three fingers. <laughs> Yep. Thumbs barely hanging in there. <laughs> I bet that's like that where you're at too, huh? Um, Bismarck's a little, uh, a little more mellow, but if you go, yeah, like Williston, Belfield area, I mean, yeah, it's, there's a lot more of it going on up there, like the man camps and like the, the craziness. The fucking man camps, dude. Yeah. So did you never, you never did any of that work, huh? No, I mean, I, I went to school for welding or whatever you want to call it. I went to a trade school, got my welding certs and all that. And I, it was always in the back of my mind, but I was like, ah, I'll just keep doing this or I'll keep doing that. And then I just never made it up there. That's good. I mean, that's a good safety net to have is, you know, oil-filled parts. Well, that's what I figured. I mean, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was, you know, graduating and young, but I was like, I should do something. And, like, I guess welding is a good fallback, especially in North Dakota. So, yeah, so that's why I did that. Yeah, it is. Now, I mean, in the in the welding bit, do they use it like? Do you, I I guess when you're learning how to weld, they teach you all types of welding. Uh, but in the oil filled stuff, I mean, surely they just use a MIG gun on everything, right? Uh, well, like outside, you're probably doing more like stick welding. Oh yes, yeah, but I'm welding. sure they do yeah, MIG. Yeah, but yeah. probably a majority would be stick. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's what you do outside is stick welding. Yeah. You stick everything, dude. I stick welded some shit on my frame the first time I built my chopper. Sometimes you got it. I mean, I'm not very good at stick welding. I can make, I can build some fence rails and shit, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not great at welding, period. But I can, yeah, I, mean, I can stick metal together. So sure, and I got a grinder. Time. There you go. Yeah. I mean, my whole frame, I've. I don't know that I've used I haven't TIG welded anything on my bike. Yeah. I even had a TIG welder for a while. And no. Yeah, that, I was the same way. I would MIG weld everything. And then I ended up, uh, I traded a car for my first TIG welder. And then that was what we used at the shop. And then I just kind of made myself TIG weld everything. Yeah. 
I mean, it sucks tacking when you're by yourself, but you get creative. Yeah, you do. (laughs) When I first started welding, I just did it with gas. I taught myself how to gas weld. Yeah. Uh, Little did I know how difficult it was to gas weld stainless steel. I just thought that all welding was that difficult until I finally figured that out. Uh, yeah. And then where did, where did, oh, I guess I learned how to TIG weld at a, shit, what's his name? I went to like a hot rod school type deal. Like a, okay. This guy named, fuck, was it Jesse? He died recently. Uh, can't think of his name. Anyways, he had like a chop top school. We built a fender and a gas tank, chopped a vehicle, and uh, learned how to, TIG weld sheet metal and really that all that did was you know we learned how to shape metal as well with hammers and wheels and you know a sandbag stump like all the different various methods and it just made me realize like how cheap it is to buy a fender now you know I'm like, right fuck you know like now when somebody charges six hundred dollars for a custom tank i'm like that's not a bad price you know like yeah, now yeah, knowing was- what goes into hand shaping metal and welding it together and finishing it i'm like yeah 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 i bet it is that much yeah that's the thing i mean most people that want that crazy stuff should have to do it first before they bitch about the price but yeah i mean i get sometimes it can get crazy too but (laughs) well and you know what what you value your time at you know yeah exactly Uh, some people have a fucking high price tag on their time which you know, it is what it is, and if they can get away with it, then fine, but... Yeah. yeah. Tools and experience are definitely not free. No, not at all. They fucking... Experience is everything. Right. You know, my buddy Al, he's building his first chopper right now, and, you know, I'm not... I'm trying not to tell him what to do, you know? Like, I know that, you know, obviously things are learned better when you you know, have your own experience learning them. But also I, I'm like, hey, from experience, I just want to tell you, I don't, so that you can skip this fucking headache down the road, you know. Right. Let me tell you what I've learned by doing something similar. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I mean, I learned a lot of the stuff the hard way doing my bikes. Like, you know, if you're mounting your fender, you don't want the bolt to come in from the backside. So then you lose it on the road and it's jamming against your tire, like, you know, that kind of stuff. It's nice to like, kind of like, let the people skip the sketchy side of it. <laughs> stuff right i away. still do it like that dude i still dude, run it from uh, the inside well the only the front two that go to like the bungs on the frame like where my seat where the seat springs would be that cross tube yep. i got two bungs welded there and now i use red loctite and every time i take my tire off i pull those things out and redo them sure uh, yeah i don't know i learned i don't know the hard way too many times i think one version of my member room like we were going to sturgis and like I, I had a bent wheel and I didn't realize it. So I'm doing like 45. I thought I was doing like 115 just because my bike was shaking so bad. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm riding. And then like, you know, we, I think it was me and Robbie riding back. The other boys were in the truck bringing their bikes in the, in the back of that. And like, you know, we're doing these like turns in South Dakota. So they couldn't really catch up to me that quick. And then finally, like they hammered it down on a straightaway and like one dude's hanging out the window, pointing at my rear tire and like, so my bolt had worked its way out and it was just running against my tire. My tire's down to like the wires ready to blow. Oh shit. Just like, oh, it's like, then my pants filled up with poop and pulled over to the side of the road and swapped the tire out. But so that kind of stuff. I don't know. Like ever since then, I mean, 
Um, my something I think about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, now I think the e, just the whole, I mean, I think the rear section of a chopper is probably one of the most important parts. You know, yeah, you, sure. and just by looking at the, the rear section on a bike somebody built, you can tell, I mean, you can yeah. learn a lot about their attention to detail, you know, like how center is that wheel, how center is the fr- the fender to the wheel, does the wheel come off and everything, like, is everything yeah. serviceable, you know, like, that's one thing I like about a good chopper, is like, yeah. the rear wheel being very serviceable, where it's like, yeah, I like to make it, yeah, you can get off, everything on the side together. of the road, yeah, yep. easy, that's, the thing, yeah, like I just had this last roller for my buddy, and it's like, so I've been using those TT oil tanks, like the, they're the shorty ones, the race bike tanks. Yeah. Well, those are easier to get off with a transmission in, so you don't have to like, oh, now I got to take my oil tank up to get my transmission out, because they don't go in and out at the same time, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like those, boom, you get your tranny out, leave your oil tank, and your oil lines are still hooked up. Like, yeah. I like it to be like, oh, I'm broke down on the side of the road. Well, I can still get my wheel out. I can fix this. I can fix that. We're back on the road. We're jamming again. Absolutely. That's one setup on my bike that is terrible is my oil tank and train. Like the fucking, yeah. not only does the oil tank and the transmission have to come out, the fucking plate, the, the transmission yep. plate has to come out too. Like, right. And I know exactly how to fix it and make it better. And I, and every time I'm like, nah, I'm just going to put it back together. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. I I had to, you know, get to that on the side of the road too many times. It's like, yeah, I get, this has got to change. And ever since then, I'm like, well, when I'm building this, I'm thinking like, okay, well, you know, you're gonna be able to fix this. You're gonna be able to do that. Like, well, and I've I've acquired some fucking great motor and transmission guys in Louisiana, and really mm-hmm. since I've started letting them build my motor and my transmission, like the whole thing. You know, at first I would just send them shit to fix like various parts or get them to send me something so I could fix it. And finally one day he was like, when are you going to let me build that whole fucking thing so that you can quit fucking putting band-aids on it? Well, yeah, you're almost money and time ahead. If you got a solid dude that knows what he's doing, I mean, yeah, yeah, like I can put top ends and stuff on, but it's like, I'm not balancing flywheels. I'm not doing all that. I'd rather like, here, you do this. You're probably more attention to detail with engine stuff than I am. Like, here, you should probably just do this. Yeah, I got that guy. And really, since yeah. then, I, I mean, I've been in such good shape. Yeah, well, that's rad. Then your bike doesn't need to come apart as much. No, that's why I've just kind of let that oil bag... Tra- Usually, if I had to pull my transmission, the fucking oil's... You know, like, the whole thing yep. is getting blown apart anyway. Right. You're dropping oil. Yeah, exactly. Or, I don't know. Not, I don't know. I'm just trying to plan ahead, I guess, for this stuff. Not that it will need to come out, but no, it's it smart. It's very smart. Like I should fix my setup, and that's one thing I told my buddy Al. He's putting in a. Uh, he got this sweet gas box oil bag. He's building a swing arm chop, so it's a. Yep. It's this oil bag. It's the one from, that looks good with the swing arm frame. Yeah, it was from Gas Box makes it. Okay. And the way it comes is it, you know, it goes off the 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 seat post tabs right there and then it's got a hanger that hangs on the crossover tube okay and i was like you know that's fucking cool but no that's fucking not cool uh well i was like we need to weld some bongs you need to have this thing rigid mounted because that thing's just gonna end up vibrating and yeah if it shakes it breaks man and that's what the thing i told him i was like but when you're building this fucking when you're put this deciding where to put these bongs think about servicing your transmission and everything else that's around it so that you're not like 
making it that you got to pull your oil bag to get to something else, you know, like just yep. keep in mind all the other things so that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's like these last ones, these TT oil tanks, like, you know, you'll space them up from your stock uh, oil tank mount. And then the rear, I've been doing like kind of like an eye bracket to support the rear of the bag. Well, then you can go off that and do like your fender, your bottom fender support too. Nice. I'm trying to get two bird stones when I'm doing this stuff now, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm fixing to. So I got a fender showing up today from Pat over at Lead Sled. Have you ever used his fenders before? Um, no, I don't know if I've ever ordered one, but I've probably got one in like a parts lot or something and probably used one. Dude, his fucking fenders, and they're fucking, uh, they're cheap, dude. They're like 160 bucks or something. Okay. And they're all made out of uh, 13 gauge metal that came from Humvees. Like there's oh, this, nice. this place in Dayton that used to put those turret machine guns in the top of Humvees. So they Ooh. fucking would cut this giant circle out of those Humvees and just stack them. He has like, so now Pat has like an 18 wheeler filled with 13 gauge circles that he makes oh, fenders cool. out of. That's uh, rad. But yeah, so I, I got one of his fenders coming today and, uh, Dude, they're fucking stout. Uh, we just put one on Randall's bike. I got another one that I, I ordered the wrong size. He makes his flat top fender that's fucking rad. Uh, but yeah, I gave that to Billy, the guy that built my motor. So anyways, I got to mount up this this fender on the flathead, the race bike, before it's all ready for paint. And, you know, race bike mounting is a little bit different. You know, like yeah. trying to be real light. Uh, I'm going to actually build, I was trying to make it short enough with enough support to like not build a, a, not a sissy bar, but just fucking, uh, yeah. So it's like kind of floating rather than having like struts or something. Yeah. But I think I'm going to have to build struts. Like that's what I'm going to have to do today is, uh, just, I got some fucking half inch bar that, you know. Yeah, I, I like stress, especially on like a race bike. Yeah, I'm not going to be running my wife on the back of this thing. Right. But I but I started riding it around like I'm going to end up pushing my butt back onto the pee pad and like, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be at least supporting me and my balls back there. So Yeah, you hit a big bump, you don't want it to blow out and then I, it's dragging on your wheel too. So. No, I definitely don't want it to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, fuck yeah. But so, oh, that's what I'll get on that frame. So the frame is a VL, like a, it's actually a survey car frame that somebody back in the day cut the rear section off and put a a hardtail kit on there. And it's actually perfect for a race bike because it's got, uh, you know, the axle plates are real fucking long so -hmm. that I can change the gearing and keep one chain. Oh, Uh, cool. You know, because I got a quick change sprocket that I laced to that 19 inch wheel. And, but that shit is so fucking close to the sissy bar or strut tab on the axle plate. I think what I'm going to do is weld a fucking nut on the outside of it. And because I can't go through that hole and put a nut in between the axle plate and my quick change hub thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, You can't get in there. It'd be too tight. It's real fucking tight. So I think. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of is to just weld a fucking nut to the outside of that and then bend yeah. that strut to where it fits perfect. Yeah, probably fine. Should be good. Should be good. Yeah, get the stick welder out. Get the stick, stick welder out and weld that nut to it. 
Yeah. Dude, there's not much to like attach a fender to at the bottom of that frame. Yeah, those are kind of weird. I mean, not weird, but different than a big twin frame. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And this one's even different than a regular VL frame because. Yeah, I just cut it cut it a little higher so you got your center mount like where your butt goes and then put like a mud slap on the rest of it. Buy yeah. one of those cool leather handmade ones. That's a fucking idea. That's an idea. That's what I was going to do with this, this race bike too. I, I cut it down. Well, then I put a 16-inch drag slick in the back. So it's kind of same situation. I'm all the way back in my axle plates. But I was going to do a small oil tank that I made that matched the tanks, but it was it didn't hold enough, so I ended up putting that oil tank in there that I ended up with. But yeah, so you, it kind of hit it, so you didn't see it as much as you would have before. Did you think about running an oil up there in one of those bigger tanks? Uh, well, those are three quarters of a gallon, so I was trying to take everything <laughs> I could get. <laughs> yeah, that's not much gas, isn't it? No, it was, but that's not what choppers are about. It's not about golf far; it's about looking cool. Yeah. Well, I mean. Well, I mean, you go far with a lot of stops. How about that? Uh, well, it's, you know, there's like a balance and some people's balance yeah. is different than others. You know, some people, some people would talk, like, would not fit on other people's scales. No, I'm, well, I don't know. This is like more of like a rolling art piece. I want it to look cool. I mean, be fun. Yeah. And it, it, you know, and some people still have trouble seeing those pieces as that, you know, like yeah. a way to showcase your work, your style and your vision. Um, isn't always, yeah, the best fucking coast-to-coast -coast bike, which it doesn't need to be. Well, and that's why I made that one, so I could throw my 18 back on. That wasn't a slick. I could have thrown my stock tank back on, and I left enough meat on the fender so I could put my taller sissy bar on there for my pack. But I think you need to take that one to the track first, dude. You need to go, no, to, the air, you need to, go to the airport and race that motherfucker. Yeah, the stock 74-inch engine with that big slick on there. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fun just to do it. Oh, it, it would have been fun, yeah. It would have been cool. I want to go to the salt, dude. Oh, see yeah. how fast I, I can get this flathead. That would be killer. Yeah, fuck yeah, it would be killer. You ever been to the salt flats? Yeah, never like with a bike, though. I wish I could take, I need to take a bike down there, but I stopped with a, with a van one time and did some shit hooks and checked it out, but... Yeah, you should get down there during Speed Week if you ever get a chance. Yeah, the uh, boys I always hang out with in Salt Lake when I'm going through, they're always going down there. It looks like a blast. I need to fly down there with them sometime. Who do you know in Salt Lake? <laughs> yeah. Oh, who do I know? Yeah. Uh, Cody Weber, like uh, Jake, um, all those uh, greasy town boys. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Yeah, I always, I always hit up Cody and ask him if I can stay at his house when I'm passing through, so... Yeah, I've done it. I've done it as well. Yep. I stayed at this house one night in a fucking nasty ice storm. I drove from Texas, and the weather just got shittier and shittier and shittier. And then it did it all the way to Portland, and then from Portland all the way to Milwaukee. <laughs> Fuck. I have bikes that did not survive that trip, that have not run <laughs> since that fucking trip. Wiped it out, huh? Well, the fucking, all that shit on the road, we were hauling bikes on one of those bumper pull, like the little fucking trailer attachment, yeah, the yeah. whole dirt bikes, because we went up there and raced in Portland for the one show, and then raced at Mama Tried, or yeah, raced at Flat Out Friday during Mama Tried, and I didn't think about all the salt getting yeah. on the bikes, dude. My dirt bike, the 450 I brought, 
I guess I didn't clean it good enough when I got back. And then a week or two go by, I fucking fired it up riding around and spokes just started snapping at the nipples. Holy shit. Yeah. That, I guess that aluminum and everything. And yeah, the salt just fucking yeah. ate that bike into pieces, man. Yeah. That's the one bummer about those hitch haulers. Like anything your rear tires kick up, your bike's catching. Oh, dude, they were covered in ice and shit, yeah. dude. It was fucked. Yeah, I was, yeah, that truck just got heavier and heavier as we went on. <laughs> I wonder, did I go through North Dakota then? Oh, I bet we did, dude. No, I think we cut down in Billings and went South Dakota over to Milwaukee. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, because we went through Butte, Bozeman, and then Billings. Yeah, we didn't go up. I was thinking, yeah. maybe, maybe I have been to North Dakota, but... <laughs> Uh, I guess not, dude. Yeah, you have to come up, bring your dirt bike. I'll take you to the desert. We'll go mess around out there. The desert? If I go to the desert, I'm not going to North Dakota to go to the desert. Dude, yeah, our mean, desert is so rad, Dan. You got to check it out. Is it really? <laughs> I love it, man. It's I go there pretty much every day after I shut down the shop. I'll go down there and swim. For, it's like the... Wait a second. The, You're going to go down there the and desert. swim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like... Um, the Missouri river, like you go down, I don't know, probably south of town, like 10 miles. Okay. And then there's like this, uh, I don't know, a little, little trail. It's like a, like a campground kind of, and you go deep in there and then you get out and there's just a bunch of white sand as far as you can see. And then you can like walk halfway out into the river and see like the bottom. Get the fuck out of here. That sounds awesome. Dude. I love it. It's, I take everybody there whenever they come and visit. Go down there and drink beers or camp or hang out, ride dirt bikes. There's a bunch of trails back in there for off-road vehicles. Oh, sick. Well, I definitely got to come there. Always a bunch of bad boys driving their Chevy pickups out in the middle of the river and then just stalling them out there. Isn't that real up here, man? Oh, that's awesome. Well, hopefully I can swing by in between. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. Dude, you should go to the fucking party at the Pins show in Boise. Oh, that'd be cool. Have you seen that one? Uh-huh. Dude, dude, Luke from Chop Merchandise. And he told me about this okay, okay. a year or two ago. He got a fucking a penitentiary that was built in 1872 to let him throw a fucking chopper show in the fucking oh, cool. pen, dude. Like That's he just, that one. He just posted a picture the other day where he's like standing behind his chopper in the fucking jail with the bars behind him. Cool. It's so fucking sick, dude. Uh, I think it's September 10th in Boise. Okay. I mean, that's a haul for you, but, you know, it's still uh, up Everything there. is. I'm yeah. stuck in the middle of the country, so I'm no standard of driving. That's awesome. Have you ever you spent much time in Boise? I probably just passing through. I don't think I've ever spent much time in Dude, there's some Idaho. bad shit happening in Idaho, dude. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I've seen it, and it looks like a, a good place to ride. It is. Like Coeur d'Alene, that's an idol, right? Fuck yeah, it is. I got to yeah. ride there. I'm driven through there. It's, it's awesome. There's a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah, Coeur d'Alene up there by Spokane. Yeah. We went to a crazy fucking strip club right on the border there. <laughs> You've never been to any crazy strip clubs, have you? Oh, dude, this is what I, I told you. There's no rules up here. No, I, that's what I was saying. I've heard about the strip clubs in North Dakota. You guys got fucking talent up there, dude. There was some wild ones, like when the the oil country was still going. But, I mean, since then, everything shut down in North Dakota, as far as I know. There's one in Fargo called the Bomb Shelter. 
The bomb shelter. <laughs> yeah, that one's not that crazy, though. Minnesota's <laughs> got some wild ones. Oh, uh, yeah, Minnesota does? Yeah, that was like when we took Robbie there, you know, I think he only had to be 18 to get in that one in Minnesota, too. So when we well, got was... him out of school that day. <laughs> when he turned 18 and took him to the strip club? Yeah, yeah and you know what? He might not have been 18. He had a fake ID for the longest time that didn't look anything like him that would get him into everything with us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was thinking he was going to be like 12 when you guys took him to the strip club. <laughs> well, I mean, he probably was closer to 12 than 18. I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we started skating with him at 11, took him to his first strip club at 12. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, shit, that's awesome. That's fucking awesome. All right, well, I hope that you're at least going to come down to Sturgis this year. Yeah, I will be in Sturgis. I'm going to make that happen for sure. I can't say no to that one. Yeah, it's right fucking there, dude. How haul, How big a haul is that for you? Like four hours? That's yeah, uh, yeah, probably five at the most. I don't know. It's not bad. Gosh, fucking! Do you go through the reservations? Do you skip the skirt the reservations? Yeah, I've been skipping those just because running out of gas and when my vehicles aren't that practical. And Turk and I tried to ride through there. We went to Denver on our bikes and we were coming back up. And then I think it was like when COVID first happened. So we rode like through the middle of nowhere for the longest time just to get to a, a checkpoint where they weren't letting anybody through the reservation. So we had to turn around and drive, like, I don't even know how far we had to ride back, like, hoping we wouldn't run out of gas. And ever since then, I've just been dodging it. Dude, yeah, the the reservations, they got, they fucking had roadblocks. Yeah, the keeping people out of those motherfuckers. Like, yeah. And the, it, this is worse than alcohol for the Indians, you know? <laughs> we didn't even know about it either. So, I mean, we rode for, like, I don't know how long it was, but then we just get to this random roadblock in the middle of nowhere. Like, you're not going to let us just sneak through. I mean, we have these bikes with small gas tanks. Like, but no, they weren't having it. So you you turn around and head back. You guys are white people carrying fucking (laughs) diseases, man. Yeah. Yep. It's just like the old times, dude. That's how we (laughs) That's how most of the Indians died, anyways, is white people showed up with diseases, man. (laughs) They say that there was like, Oh, fuck, like 20 million fucking Indians over here before the first Spaniards showed up, dude, and released the hogs and just wiped out. I think 80% of the Indians were wiped out on North and South America within the first couple years of Spaniards showing up. I believe it. It's fucking wild, man. Yeah. Dude, I was also watching a video this morning of this guy named Eric Lobo. I don't know how I just went there, but... uh. This motherfucker, like, rode his Dyna across the Bering Strait. Oh, cool. I think I might have seen... It's kind of like a all-terrain one or whatever you want to call it, like an adventure bike kind of. Well, he just has, like, fucking adventure tires on it, and he has yeah. these ski outriggers. Cool. That he, like... They're, like, I guess they're spring-loaded or something, so when he starts falling mm-hmm. to the left, he just stands on the ski that pushes down to the ground... Oh, oh it's cool. fucking wild, dude. I guess I was just thinking about how people got to America, you know, the land, <laughs> land bridge. Yeah, on those things. I mean, that's not that far for you. You should think about doing that on your drag bike. Yeah. Might have to get the slick hot and hit the road. Fuck the racetrack, dude. Hit the bearing straight. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Get the slick hot and hit the road. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, you ain't going nowhere on the fucking slick on the Bering Strait, dude. <laughs> yeah, nowhere at all. This fucking burnout till you fucking melt all the ice. I'll have to screw some. Uh, have screw you, the tires. Have you been up to Canada or uh, to Alaska? 
No, but I really want to do that. I want to drive up there. God, be so sick, dude. I think that'd be a pretty good trip in the, in the four-wheel drive van. Oh, that's a great idea. Definitely some uh, bucket list schemes with that. How far is that for you? Like fucking 3,000 miles? Yeah, probably. It's probably not close. I haven't looked into it that much, but I've definitely thought about it. Dude. Yeah, you're up there. That's easier to go north than it is to go south. Yeah. I'm going to go to Mexico next month. Cool. Is there a run down there? Dude, yeah, I'm actually doing a race from Austin, Texas to Oaxaca, Mexico. Oh, cool. So, I mean, I may go down and just tag Guatemala, too. Just go fucking cross this. Just across another country's border. Just because I hear that, like, crossing the borders in Central America is, like, the most difficult thing about riding Central America. Sure. So, I'm, I'm you know, experience, right? Got to get some yeah. experience in. Yeah. Go see some things. Go see some things, dude. Fuck. I'm actually going to Honduras on, on Sunday. Rad. Where are you going on Sunday? On Sunday, I'm going to Milwaukee. Oh, that's right. You're going to get the van. That's what you were yep. saying. You're going to be on the road. Yep. I'll be uh, jamming to Milwaukee that first night, probably crashing there, and then uh, Ellettsville probably the next day. Nice. Well, while you're driving through the cold, I'm going to be sitting on the beach. <laughs> I'm always driving through the cold, man. That's nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if people want to follow you, the gram is the easiest way. Do you have a website? I know you got some shit for sale too, right? Yeah. Um, I got the Instagram account and then there's a link. I mean, I sell t-shirts and then like those extended cast risers and stuff like that. And then, you know, old parts I'll just post on the, the Bitsy page and now, hold on. Yeah, Tell I, me about these risers you keep mentioning. Extended no, cast risers. Yeah. It's just like the old, like two piece Harley riser. And then, uh, I just started extending them out of stainless because we don't have a chromer here. And then, uh, polishing them nice how tall yeah. do you make them i'll do three inch to 12 inch wow that's fucking but, up there yeah i'd go further but i, I can't face them off and, and my leg starts wobbling so oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well that's kind of important yeah but yeah always got bikes parts for sale whatever if people are passing through i mean don't hesitate to hit me up i'll show you a good time Sick, dude. Sick. Well, I hope to pass through at some point, and I hope yeah. to see you in Sturgis for sure. Yeah, I'll be in Sturgis, but yeah, if you get up here and need a place to crash, be sure to hit me up. All right. Thank you, sir. You have a good day. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. All right. Later. Yep. Yeah, dude, that last intro was 25 fucking minutes. That's out of control. Out of control, dude. So... I did a I did fucking like four podcasts this week. Recorded this one with Lee. I recorded one with Chopper Charlie. He was on his way to Siberia. Yeah, he fucking just stopped by on his way to Siberia. I recorded one with um, Jeremy Prack from Flat Out Friday. That'll be the next podcast that goes up. And uh, and then I recorded a podcast with Jace over at the Fast Life Garage, with the in the studio with the video and the fucking. The TVs and shit is pretty out of control over there. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm impressed. I'm gonna have to do that at some point. Like at some point, that's gonna happen. I just don't know if I want it to happen here specifically. Anyways, 
So you heard about the Daytona dates. Uh, the Texas Fandango, April 1st through the 3rd in Fredericksburg, Texas at the Gillespie County Fairgrounds. That is right, dude. The Gillespie County Fairgrounds. Swap meet, motorcycle show, antique chopper show, flat track racing. We're going to be doing the chopper drags again. It's going to be sick, dude. The area is fucking beautiful. Rhino will be down there cooking barbecue. It is not a show you want to miss. Boston Billy and the boys will be there for Metairie set up. And, uh, man, I'm fucking stoked about it. I am super fucking stoked about it. The next weekend, I'll be going down to Mexico with the Mezcal Moto Rally. May 19th through the 22nd is the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival. Loretta Lynn's Ranch, Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Home of the Bling Cycles Invitational, where Bill Dodge invites choppers from all over the country. It's fucking bad, dude. Fucking bad. June 25th and 26th, Born Free. July 9th, Full Tilt Boogie. That's right, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Zach reached out to me recently and was like, dude, we're fucking coming down for Born Free, Texas, which I'm sure a lot of you motherfuckers are coming. Can't wait to bring you more details on Born Free. July 22nd is the Run to Raton. Home of the J.P. Rodman Chop Wizard Invitational. The first inaugural Chop Wizard Invitational. August 26th and 27th is the Virginia City Roundup. In Virginia City, Nevada. Dude, choppers and bull riding, get the fuck out of here. The Nomad Run in UK is happening August 26th and 27th. You are, if you are in the UK, make sure you look up the Nomad Run. There's a new show to put on the books September 10th. Party at the Pen. That's right in Boise, Idaho. I mean, th- I, I think I think he told me about this, and I just totally forgot. But he found a fucking penitentiary that's like 120 years old. And they're letting him throw a fucking chopper party there. Uh, Dude, fuck. I just drew a blank. Chop merchandise. Luke. Luke from Chop Merchandise is throwing a fucking party at a penitentiary. A chopper show at a penitentiary. It's fucking bad. Seeing him standing next to his chopper with the fucking, you know, the fucking jail cell bars behind him i don't know that's it's fucking wild so check that one out september 10th party at the pen uh big thanks to lowbrow customers make sure you check them out dude they got a bunch of shit and they got a bunch of rad shit like made by makers dude people i mean it's fucking rad you can buy cannonball repop springer cases i mean all sorts of badass parts that are better than factory oem parts and then you got lead sled customs. I just got a fucking a lead sled fender in yesterday or two days ago and mounted it up to the race bike. And it's fucking sick, dude. He makes all his fenders out of 13 gauge metal that was cut out of the top of Humvees. Pretty badass. Fast Eddie Tool Co. Uh, Built Well. Paco. Dude, they've been doing a Saturday Sportster video. They just got a bunch of badass shit. And then you got to check out my boy Knives Made by Nick, dude. Always keeping me loaded. 
and fucking set up on the hip. Check him out. Knives made by Nick. He's also got these, or he's got these knives that he just did with like a fucking leather handle. They're fucking bad, dude. I just saw one in person the other day. My buddy Randall showed up and uh, he was fucking stoked about his. Hit up Nick. I think he's got a couple more left and uh, you'll be fucking stoked too. So, uh, yeah, dude. Fucking name. You guys have a wonderful fucking weekend. Here you go. (laughs) 